to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. So I had something I wanted to ask you just real quick to kind of start things off. I was thinking about this today. You know, you're rubbing off on me, Dr. Dyer, our our weekly talks. Um, Uh I'm actually, I'm taking this stuff with me as I go out into the world. And uh, you've been talking about forgiveness. And I know you're working on a a book uh, coming up about that. And I know people always call and ask about how they can forgive people. And I, I had somebody check me on this, one of my Facebook friends, and she had made a post about Michael Vick, you know, the football player and involved right. in the dog fights and everything, which to me is the most horrible thing that you can you can ever do. And mm. so she posted, oh, go Michael Vick, you know, as, as a fan. So mm-hmm. I posted back, you know, Michael Vick's a monster. How can you support him? Mm-hmm. I think he's horrible. And so mm. she responded, well, you know, he did... He did his debt to society. Everybody deserves a second chance. And so I choose to support him. So I thought about mm-hmm. it afterwards, and I, I'm like, you know, she's right. Maybe I should try to think about this in a different way and, and wish Michael Vick, you know, loving kindness and try to be to think of it in a compassionate way, which is hard because to me what he did is so horrible. So right. I was kind of checked on, on Facebook, but I thought about what you said about seeing God Interesting. and Interesting. That whole, that whole case is, has a lot, of, a lot of people really up, up, in, up in arms. I, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a huge cultural meme, uh, Diane. I know you're probably not going to like what I have to say about this. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but uh, I pull for Michael Vick, too. Um, and I think he probably brought much more awareness to uh, you know, that, that horrible thing about you know, dogfighting and so on. Um, but you have to remember who, you know, what Michael Vick's background was, where he grew up, uh, and that there are 40,000 people involved in that dogfighting industry. Uh, and he just happened to be one that uh, <clears throat> was famous, and so therefore went to jail for a couple of years. Um, but it's a huge cultural meme. Uh, when I was in Formosa, um, they were, um, they, you know, they were ha- dogs were hanging up on, uh, on racks uh, that, uh, that they were selling to people and that the people were eating. Uh, just just like we eat chickens and uh, and and cows and pigs and um, and for some reason culturally we all believe that eating a pig is perfectly okay, which is much closer to the human beings than a dog is. Uh, we even use their valves in our hearts and so on. Uh, and and eating chickens is okay, and eating you know in, in a natural food chain. But um, you know doing something terrible like you know to, to dogs is uh, it's again it's like I say it's a cultural meme. It's something that we all. Uh, get ourselves all all worked up about and uh, you know i love dogs as much as anybody else does and we have 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 five of them at, at home um but uh i kind of try to put put it all into perspective you know that uh you know in some parts of the world uh, in the philippines uh, you know this kind of thing is just a, a normal process that, that that takes place here on maui where i live uh and in, in up in some of the less populated areas they have these rooster fights and chicken fights where they attach razors to the blades of uh, and all. And well, I don't, you know, I don't support that in any way. The people that have been doing this for uh, thousands and thousands of years uh, think that it's just a normal way of uh, of doing things. So we have to just be careful about, uh, you know, uh, assigning uh, hatred to anybody. Second thing about, you know, with Michael Vick is that I think that he's, uh, you know, his, his comeback and his, uh, you know, he's been very contrite about it. He apologized prof- uh, pr- profusely. Uh, he, he never took a, 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 I have a right to do what I, what that, uh, you know, he uh, realized that he had made mistakes and, uh, and he took a very, very humble kind of approach to the whole thing. He's now come back and, uh, 
And I think probably the dogfighting industry uh, in the South has been reduced dramatically because of Michael Vick's, uh, you know, conviction and uh, and the attention that has been played to it. So he's probably been more of a of, of a force in. Uh, you know, in, in eliminating this kind of torturous thing. And another thing, I mean, in the state of Florida, where I have a home, uh, they have greyhound racing, and they, uh, I think they estimated 650,000 dogs uh, were killed in the last uh, 10 years uh, just because they were just bred for racing, and then when they're done with them, they just toss them out. So there's lots and lots of room for uh, being cautious about our, our hatreds, and certainly forgiveness is, uh, is I think, in... in in order. That's my opinion. Well, it really it really made me think, and part of it was a lot of things that you have said on the show, and that's why I said you're rubbing off on me, because it really made me think that, okay, well, you know, like you say, we're all, we all come from source, and we're all a piece of God, and so I really tried to meditate on that and think of that in my discomfort of, you know, mm. of what he what he did. And but it really helped me, though, to kind of try to put it in perspective. And it gave it gave me something to think about for a while about, you know, my, uh, my anger and trying to show a little more forgiveness. And, you know, hopefully, you'll be able to explore a lot of, uh, of those questions people have about forgiveness in, in your next book, because I think it's, it's an important topic. And it, it really got really got me thinking and, and made me want to be I say, Okay, well, if I really want to be a compassionate person, and then this right. is the perfect thing for me to kind of work on, you know, yeah. especially for I, something I feel strongly about, like, you know, any kind friend, of cruelty. Uh, Ramdas is uh, who, who will be at my seminar that I'm doing in Maui in uh, in about three weeks here. Um, you know, we were having dinner one time and uh, we were talking about forgiveness. And you know, he's had a stroke and it's it's difficult for him to speak. But he leaned over and in his halting way, we were talking about forgiveness and forget. I, I was talking about forgiving my father, and um, he just said to me, "Who do you think you are to to?" Uh, to be forgiving anybody for anything you know it's like uh, what is that why is that up to you and in the course of miracles it says you know if uh, <clears throat> if you hadn't blamed you you would be no need to forgive you know that uh, when, once we take responsibility for how you know how we are feeling and have only love in our hearts to give to other people and if your father walked out on you and abandoned you and so on and if you can you know your job is not to forgive him uh, your job is uh, is really to just send love to him so, um, I've, I've I've given it a lot of thought, and uh, uh, you know, in order to forgive, says the course, uh, you must have blamed. So, if you were angry about what happened with um, with Michael Vick and the and the dog fighting, um, the only reason you could you know need to forgive him is because you had blamed him. If you hadn't blamed him in the first place and had tried to understand him, uh, there would be no need for forgiveness at all. And that's that's really where I'm going with it. You know, the idea right. that. That we, who are we to be forgiving anybody for everything? Everybody in this world does what they do, you know, what they know how to do, given the, the conditions of their life, and it's it's really hard to expect anything more from anyone uh, than that. And to have a loving place in our heart for everyone, even the ones who seem to be behaving in the most despicable of ways, is uh, what God consciousness, I think, is all about. Right. Not, I just wanted to get your uh, your <laughs> yeah. take on that because it was something that I was thinking about. So this is how I kind of uh, worked it in my mind was that when I was trying to meditate on, on feeling compassion and, and love for him, what I wished for Michael Vick was that he could look in an animal's eyes and see what I see when I look mm. at my pets and see the love that they give us yeah. unconditionally. And then I would hope that someday he could know the love of an animal 
in the way that yeah. I feel that. So that's yeah. what I was hoping I, I, can, for him. Can, can you can you do the same thing, Diane, when you walk down the meat section of the aisle and see pork chops and see um, you know uh, ribs ribeye steaks and uh, you know and hot dogs and so on and know that you know animals all animals were were tortured horribly um, uh, in order for us to be able to produce these kinds of things. Yeah, it's a it's a big uh, it's a big question. It's a it's an, a tough thing to do. And and you're right about how other cultures view, uh, you know, animals in, in right. a different way. And even the way we, I mean, there's an awful lot of information now out there about with these new videos out there. Food Incorporated is one um, where we look at, uh, you know, exactly how we treat these beautiful animals. Uh, these chickens that have, uh, you know, they have one foot, one square foot. Uh, that's that's their living space, uh, and they're fed, you know, just an enormous amounts of steroids in order to fatten them up. And we're, with pigs and so on, uh, it just makes you cry when you look at, at the way that they're treated. You know, it is. It's horrible. It just opens up a, you know, a lot of yeah. a lot of questions. If, if we're going to be if we're going to be meat eating people or even fish eating people. Um, Somehow those animals have to be slaughtered and they have to be killed. And in the process of doing that, there's a lot of cruelty that that takes place. Uh, it makes a real strong case for being a vegetarian. Are you a vegetarian? No, I'm not. <laughs> I've I've tried, <laughs> and and every for every reason that you just brought up, mm-hmm. to be uh, to be vegetarian, mm-hmm. and um, it is uh, it is it's difficult. Yeah. Difficult. So we all have we all we have these huge double standards, and and because we we walk through a butcher shop and it looks you know a a steak looks so nice there and it's all bright red and all of that, but uh, something was tortured pretty badly in order to create that. Well, in the state of California, there's supposedly they passed some compassionate farming law. Yeah, but how do you how do you compassionately how do you compassionately slaughter animals? Right. How do you how do you do that? They still have to be slaughtered. We don't wait to. Yeah, you know, my daughter Serena, uh, who I just talked to a few minutes ago, uh, when she found out that uh, you know that uh, <clears throat> hamburgers and things like that were were actually animals, because she had such a tender heart for animals, uh, she just stopped eating them, and we, she wasn't getting any protein. So we used to tell her that the the chickens that uh, that that she ate were were just drop dead chickens. In other words, they were chickens that that, that would they just you know they would live out their Natural lives causes. and then they were dropped and then when they were dropped dead you know they would cook them. And that was the only way we could ever get her to eat anything. Uh, and some people will think that's not a nice thing to say to a child, but that was the only uh, you know that it, it seemed to satisfy her. You know, so we always called it drop dead chicken. <laughs> it worked, I guess. <laughs> it did, yeah. So we've got uh, maybe time for one call before the break. Sure. What do you think? Let's do it. Absolutely. Okay, let's go to, let's see, uh, Martina in Montreal on line one, and we'll get started out there. Martina, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Great. Welcome to the show. You're on with Dr. Dyer today. Thank you. I listen to both of you uh, all the time, every chance I get. Dr. Dyer, I've shown your uh, DVD, The Shift, to several different groups in my home over the Uh past several months. And it's always, and everybody always says, let's watch it again, because every time you watch it, there's something new that you discover. That's one of the things I've learned about that movie, because I've watched it many, many, many times, and uh, you're right, every time they put it on there, I think, I didn't even know the director did that. Yeah. Wow, look at that. There's, there's a great message here in this little scene. Yeah, I'm very, very proud of that. We'll send you a copy of it, too, by the way, to give away another one. So, oh, thank as you we so do much. With thank everyone so who calls in. Right. My question is, um, how do you stay the course? Uh, I had this 
inspiration, this feeling that I should be writing a book. And so, mm-hmm. uh, but this summer, I rediscovered an old passion for photography. And I've been running around and taking pictures. And then suddenly I got this other idea to produce something uh, on the short term, a calendar with my photography to finance my writing because I work as a corporate writer and it's really mm-hmm. hard to focus on writing a book when I'm juggling back and forth. It just wasn't getting me anywhere. So mm-hmm. I went ahead, I, I produced, you know, the groundwork for the calendar and the response was really towards that. I had, you know, I learned a lot about myself going through that, but what I'm having difficulty with is, I guess it's my humanness. I was expecting the calendar venture to produce certain results my own mind of where I started right. going, and when it didn't produce that, now I'm beginning to question, well, am I right to be thinking I need to be writing a book? Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I, I was so, the, the whole idea of the photography and everything was enough to bring tears to my eyes. It comes from somewhere deep, deep within me. Now I'm wondering, well, now if I go and pursue this whole idea of writing a book, am I really on the right track? And I'm trying to find the inspiration and the voice inside of me to guide me, but I'm having a real problem with that. It's like I got on the train, you know, the, the voice said, you know, get the ticket, get on the train, and I got on the train, and it stalled just outside the station. And now I'm wondering, what do I uh-huh. do? <laughs> what do I do? Well, um, I think one of the things to do is stop thinking so much, you know. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, and stop trying to analyze it all and just and go with your feelings. Uh, if, if deep within you, you, you feel like a real calling towards, uh, uh, towards photography at this time in your life, and uh, you've got a book idea as well, uh, there's no real reason why, you know, you can't do a, a multitude of things. I mean, every woman that I've ever met, when, and certainly my wife and, and my daughters and all of that, I mean, they're huge, what I call multitaskers. You know, uh-huh. they can do a thousand things. But um, what the problem is that uh, it, it's being able to do what you love without attachment. Uh-huh. Uh, detachment from outcome is one of the most difficult things uh, for us to, to learn. Oh, tell um, me about it. Yeah, because because we get so obsessed with how things are going to work out, how much money am I going to make, is it the right thing, am I doing all of that? And I think, by the way, I think it's the great lesson in life, too, yeah. uh, is, is to be able to love someone without attachment. And going back to the phones, let's go to Anne on line four. She's calling from Austin, Texas today. And welcome to the show, Anne. You're on with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Thank you so much. Hi, Wayne. Hi. How are you, Anne? I'm okay. Um, gosh, I hope I can make it through this call. I've been out of work for two years now, except for an occasional temporary job, and I'm reaching the end of my resources. Mm-hmm. And what I've come to realize is that part of the reason I've been frozen where I am is because I have a lot of shame around the fact that I was terminated from my last job that I had had for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I'm just struggling with trying to get past this so that I can ahead with what I need to do. Uh, is it, uh, uh, you're looking for a job, is that what it is, uh, unemployment and... Uh, yes. 
and it's a financial thing. Is that is that yeah. where you're at? Yeah. Yeah. What What was the job that you that you were terminated from? What happened? Yeah. It was a complicated situation. I had transferred within the company and, in fact, relocated here. And the um, manager that hired me was promoted off into the region, and Mm -hmm. um, a new one came in, and it was a bad fit. I knew it from my day on the job that it was a bad fit, Mm -hmm. but I just, I don't know what to say. I had been with the company for so long that I thought I could write it out and just, Mm -hmm. you know, promote on up, but. The the, the the reason I ask that is it's because we get so tied into um, and you use the word shame, you know it's like it's the um, it's if you look at the David Hawkins scale and power versus force uh, and, and you look at shame and you and you muscle test shame if you think a thought of shame it will make every muscle in your body go weak every time you just all you have to do is think the thought. Uh, I'm ashamed uh, of, of what I'm done. I'm, I'm a bad person. You know, this, all of those kinds of thoughts. Um, they weaken every muscle in your body, including your heart. Uh, and I can hear it. I can hear your heart break o- over the telephone, um, which is a muscle, which is a huge muscle, and it's a very dangerous place for you to be right now. Um, you need to be in a in a, in a space of uh, of allowing yourself to. Uh, to have uh, had a job that didn't fit and that you left and 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 not be finding fault with yourself and putting yourself down and and, and thinking of yourself as uh, less than less than worthy less than less than honorable less than holy um, you know you're 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 a piece of god you know i mean you're a divine piece of god and if you can just say that to yourself you know i am a divine piece of god you know and that I, who I am is valuable and important, and, and, and continue to remind yourself of that, that you have within you the power to be able to attract whatever kind of resource that you need. Probably it's be very good for you to be thinking in a totally different way about um, supporting yourself financially. Uh, and I think I, I say this to not just you, but to a lot of people who are uh, in, a, in a similar situation right now, because... Uh, you know, I was looking at a statistic last night, and uh, over seven million, seven million jobs have been lost in this uh, country in the in the last two years. Seven million people are out there. That's a huge. That's a very large number of people, and the you know, and many of them are feeling the same kind of thing that you are feeling. If I were one of those people, I would be. Uh, I would not be thinking the way I had always thought. I would change the way I look at things because when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at begin to change and begin to see myself as as capable of supporting myself in a totally different way maybe than I ever have before um, and I don't know what that might be for you and I don't have time enough here to go into that but uh, the, the thing that will c- continue to keep you immobilized and keep you from being able to be in a, in a self-sustaining place is this uh, this feeling that somehow you're worthless or that you're you're uh, you know you know you're bad or that you're unworthy or you know, any of those kinds of negative things that shame uh, is is all about why in the world would you be ashamed I mean if you are ashamed there's seven million other people who are in a great big club called uh, I'm ashamed because 
you know, my job was terminated. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah. What, uh, what, what, would, you, uh, what would you consider doing, uh, you know, and what have you been doing since, uh, since this, this time period? What have you, you say you're getting to the end of your resources. What have you been doing uh, for the last, what is it, two years that this happened? Two years. Was it two? two years. Yeah. I've been doing some um, administrative temporary work for people and... Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, it's been jobs I've been able to get without needing to really interview for them, mm-hmm. which is why I got them. Um, is, there, is there a part of you that likes not having a job? Truly, honestly, is there a part of you that likes the idea of not having to go to work and, uh, and um, you know, be employed by somebody else and be told what to do and so on? Is there any part of you that feels the freedom of that my personality type is a supporter promoter the primary part being a supporter mm-hmm. what i like to do is support a cause mm-hmm. or support someone who is making a difference in the world and i'm have wonderful communications so i like being part of making something happen part what of if you team. what if you were that what if you were that person that was making a difference in the world instead of you supporting somebody else who's doing that what if that were you what would you be doing then if 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 you were the person who was making a difference in the world which you are but if that was you how would you support yourself how would you how would you you say you're a supportive person how would you support yourself in that context of it of your being the person you are the one making a difference in the world what i cause. what i really thrive at doing is writing speaking mm-hmm. and also doing healing work with people mm-hmm. and why not then pursue that? Why not, uh, you know, train yourself in that way? Why not find a way for you to uh, to be able to be that that person who is who is behind making a difference in the world? That's that's a wonderful thing for you. Instead of you being supporting somebody else who's doing it, think of yourself. See, most of us are afraid to think of our own divinity. I've been reading something. I haven't even talked to you about this, Diane, yet, but I'm, I'm going to be talking about it at the seminar. I've been reading something called the I am discourses um, and, and this word I am um, you know that all, almost everything that Jesus said that was uh, uh, <clears throat> that was reported as, uh, as as his most important observations were preceded by the words I am I am the resurrection and the life I am the way the truth and the life I am I am I am and if you ask yourself the question I am and then what would be the conclusion of that you have to you have to say that who I am is not this body that I am in, and who I am is not this stuff that I've accumulated, but who I am is this uh, infinite uh, being that uh, always was and always will be, and is really a, a, a piece of God that, uh, that that the Creator puts a piece of Himself in each and every one of us, so that there is a part of you listening right now. There's a part of you that is. Uh, that doesn't realize that who you, that who you are knows everything and has all all capacity for 
for truth and is omnipotent and all-knowing and all-powerful and that and that we just never go to that because we're so locked into who who we aren't you know what we can't do what's impossible what are what what I'm ashamed of what doesn't work for me we get ourselves all locked into all of that and we forget that who I am is a divine presence that is all-knowing and all-capable and if I could just constantly remind myself of that and say it over and over and over again ultimately whatever it is that you would like to attract or create or manifest uh, you would manifest I'll be talking about this in the, in the Maui Ma uh, conference but uh, the, this is this is probably the great teaching uh, and maybe the, the last teaching of my life uh, I've had many of them uh, and all of them I've had uh, you know, I've had the experiences of, of living in an orphanage and the experience of, of addictions and the experience of, uh, of separation and divorce, now the experience of cancer. Um, but the real thing that I think uh, that, I, that seems to be throwing itself at me every single day is a, a reminder that I have within me a highest self. And the highest, my highest self, who I am, is not Wayne Dyer and is not not this body and not the, all that I've accomplished and all my writings and all of that but who I am is, uh, is, is God in action and when I realize that uh, virtually everything that I want just seems to show up for me it's, it's, just a, it's a very hard for me to talk about this with you um, when you when you're living with such shame but you who you are has the same I amness that I have in me and that Jesus had in him who said that you know even the least among you that's why he said it can do all that I have done and even greater things you can manifest and create and attract virtually anything you put your attention on if you remind yourself of who you are and who you are must be preceded with the words I am I am the presence that allows all things to happen it's me it's not something outside of me it's not someone else it's not someone that needs to be supported it's me I am God in action and when you know that, when you really know that, that shame goes out the window and you start looking around for all of the clues and the reminders of, uh, of your great divinity. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.